Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon's private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi, the place of editing related to Amazon FBA private level and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, your host, founder and CEO of Ecomsi. And today we'll bring you another special guest. Her name is Yair Kabili, and she's the co-founder of Fortunate, which is one of the top uh, companies in the space when it comes to helping you exit your Amazon business. And she's also the founding partner of Kabili, also one of the top uh, companies in the space when it comes to helping you with all the legal side of your e-commerce business. So Yael, I have known her for a while now. Actually, we had an amazing time back uh, in in Tel Aviv. I think it was around June, July. Uh, I was at, at her event. She did an amazing job. Uh, very proud of her. And today I want her to bring her to the show because I know uh, a fortnight they did an amazing tool when it comes to basically understanding the benchmarks when it comes to uh, basically having an Amazon business. We all know we all have this question like, it seems like I'm making some money. It seems like I see some nice numbers, but how I'm comparing against the market. I'm doing well, I'm growing, I'm not growing. And that's where today we, yeah, we're going to go and dive in. So yeah, Elisa, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. How are you doing? Good, good. Pleasure to be here. It's it's about time. By the way, we also had fun together in Mexico, not only in California. Oh, that's right. I forgot the margaritas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember, I remember. Uh, so yeah, we've been sharing so many amazing moments. Uh, and actually, I was surprised. I was I was telling you before bringing you to the show, I was surprised that you've never been in the podcast. So we've been doing this podcast for two years now, and it's crazy you've never been here. But yes, I mean, I'm thankful that you're here now. Um, if you want, um, let's start first with a quick intro about yourself. I know most people already know you by now, but for those that don't, like, tell me a little bit and to our guest uh, today, who is Yael and how you got started into e-commerce and founded the companies I just mentioned, yeah? Sure. Um, so, Yael, uh, I um, I have uh, three boys, uh, nice. married. Uh, I uh, I found I started uh, my ecom journey in 2016. Um, started on the legal side. It started with a few sellers with uh, with trademarks issues, patent issues. Um, then we started helping with suspensions, and um, I decided to start a law firm that focuses on uh, on e-commerce and specifically Amazon. Um, since then, uh, the, the law firm has served uh, over 7,000 uh, sellers um, and, and really focusing on, on IP and, uh, and suspensions, uh, the, the more, the more uh, complex cases. Um, yeah. And then in, in 2018, um, um, many, many sellers started thinking about uh, exiting and, and selling their brand. Um, and, uh, and together with two partners, uh, we founded Fortunate, which is, uh, mm-hmm. which is an investment bank that helps sellers, um, uh, exiting mostly e-commerce brand, medium and large, 
um, Amazon, D2C, um, mm-hmm. um, e-commerce brands generally. Um, that that's what we've been doing uh, in the in the last five years. We represented um, about 150 different brands over the years. Oh. Um, so kind of saw the market uh, growing gradually and then going down, and then <laughs> yeah. all all the. <laughs> All the different graphs that you can think of. Product customer. Yeah, I know. I yeah, know. Yeah, In yeah. fact, I wanted to touch on that. I think um, you have seen everything. You have seen the, the race of all these aggregators, all this money coming to the space, most of the aggregators going on. They're now the market being consolidated. I'm sure you have so many insights about um, basically the current situation and also the things that you learn most likely from all these journeys. So I guess before we dive into the benchmarks and everything, which I'm sure people are going to get a ton of value out of that, tell us a little bit about how was that experience, especially for you working on Fortunate and having a seen everything in first person, like what are some of the things you've been seeing in terms of changes in the market when it comes to exiting a business? Yeah. Yeah, so we've, uh, like you're saying, we, we saw it rising. We saw the, the challenges. Um, you know, 2021 was probably the, the peak of, the, of exactly. that period. Um, I think that since then, uh, what we all saw is that s- some of these aggregators have, have focused on the businesses that they already bought, um, tried to optimize them. Uh, try to focus on their own operations. It's very hard to scale while uh, while um, you know optimizing the the businesses themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, a few of them uh, disappeared. A few you, we, you see the headlines recently with with bankruptcy. Um, but but generally generally speaking, I think that those who remained. Um, are are smarter. Uh, they 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 buy specific businesses, usually in specific niches that they mm-hmm. they already penetrated. They know exactly what they're looking for. They know what they're not looking for. Um, and and I think that the the general headline would be that they're more uh, picky. Um, and that's yeah. kind of one of the reasons we we've done this benchmark so that. You know, sellers understand where, where they excel and where they don't, and where they have to really improve the the business, um, and what's actually not sellable at all. Um, exactly. So, so that 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 was kind of the the you know the, break, the background that led to this. Uh, but but it's true that the market has changed a lot since uh, even since our trip to Mexico last I year. I know. I know, yeah. I know. In fact, something that you mentioned that I think was a huge mistake, and I saw it from the very beginning, and they were doing that, is like all these aggregators, some of them, they were buying anything based on data, but not based on their experience. So basically, just because something had nice numbers and it made sense, or sometimes they just had to deploy the money, they were buying one day a baby brand, next day they buy a clothing brand, next day they buy a supplement brand, and they didn't have the experience on those categories. They were just driven by numbers. That was a huge, huge mistake because on top of that, which I'm sure you saw that, they were even removing the founders most of the time. It was a huge disaster. I mean, taking all this business and just treating it basically as real estate, right? An actual business has operations at the back end. Um, completely was a disaster for most of them. And on top of that, I think um, I agree. The ones that are right now in the market succeeding, 
they are going the route of basically becoming specialists. Like they only specialize on supplements. They only specialize on, on baby brands and things like that. And a few of them are doing very well now. I think that's the key and that's the lesson. I think even for the ones watching and um, listening this episode, it's like when it comes to Amazon, you need to specialize on a niche. If you go down the route of selling anything just for the sake of making money, like I have seen it many times, you, you're going to struggle. You basically become the master of, of nothing. <laughs> Both of our businesses are, uh, are very focused. If there is no e-commerce, we have no business. Uh, exactly. But, uh, but, but, but I agree. I think that uh, being more focused now is an advantage. And actually, you touched the point of uh, leaving the founders. It's interesting to see what happened on both sides because in you know, and I remember in 2017, maybe, um, we did several buyers came to the space and wanted to buy the businesses together with their founders. And most of the founders said, there, there's no way, no way I'm, I'm going to work with some for someone. I'm going to come every morning to... Uh, to, to yeah, like an employee. Office. Yeah, yeah I, I remember that it was... And 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 so they couldn't buy anything because and we saw several buyers like that they couldn't buy anything because no none of the founders were open to that. Um, then came the aggregators who bought everything without the founders, um, but but pretty quickly found out that yes, economy of scale and yes, there's a lot they can do, but running this business isn't that easy. Um, it's not enough to aggregate them and 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 have someone for PPC and someone for this. It's, exactly. it's quite complex. Um, and, and, and I think that what we're seeing now is um, two parties more open. Uh, the, the founders are okay to stay in the business for two years, three years. Mm -hmm. They want to see their baby grow in the hands of, uh, of the buyers. And usually they're incentivized to do so. So you can have deals where you, you know, I don't know, you sell 60%, 70% now or 80 and then the rest you sell in a year or two so you're incentivized to grow it and to stay and in some cases we actually saw that the second exit the second part was uh either equal or bigger than the first part um exactly. so um so that so that's something that has changed and i think that with these changes uh we're gonna see the businesses um the brands themselves uh yeah. growing uh, faster good now, uh, you mentioned also the benchmark, and I think that's something that I really want to dive in on, onto this episode because I'm sure throughout all this journey of you guys at Fortune having to deal with hundreds of brands, um, you basically over time understand what is really the, the, the brackets where business need to land when it comes to certain KPIs. And also to understand, um, especially when you're doing most likely an audit for potentially helping these brands to exit, where they fall and if actually you guys can help them with that. And I think this is a question that I get all the time where people come to us as well. Like they want me to know if a specific ACOS is good for them, is a specific profit margin is good for them. And let's be honest, there isn't a perfect answer for everybody because different business work on, on different basically KPIs when it comes to objective, but there is a baseline uh, most of the time if you put everything and calculate the average. So I know that's uh, the goal when you guys release this amazing tool, because basically now allows you to understand wh where you basically fall when it comes to this uh, benchmark. So if you want, let's start with a quick intro about, you know, what what is um, the goal behind sharing this tool with the community? 
And how would you say, um, you know, an Amazon started to make the most out of it, yeah? Yeah, so this tool, this tool started as something internal where we, you know, mm, when we okay. review businesses and we advise our client, you're not ready to sell because you have to fix this, this and that, okay. uh, then, okay. then you know, we, we want to know what metrics we're looking at and, and what's, where they, do they need to be so that we can sell them. Um, so we, it started, you know, when you have, uh, in aggregate, we have hundreds of LOIs and hundreds of, uh, of deals that we've, we've looked at and hundreds of proposals that buyers gave. So even those that were not taken, the proposals that were not taken are an indication for us and that, that's data for yeah. us that they like it or they don't like it. Um, exactly. A business that gets 13 LOIs, 14 LOIs, we know that something is good there. So over time, we, we took this data um, and we extracted uh, the different metrics and what works and what not. Um, and so in this tool, we would tell you uh, what the range of what's considered these days uh, a good ACOS, for example, mm-hmm. uh, a, good, uh, a, a good margin, um, mm-hmm. a good uh, cost of goods. Um, yeah. and then, and then based on that, you, you can know if you should improve your market or not market. Um, some of the, I gotta say that some of the things are extremely important and some a little less, uh, I mean, some, some things they, they really look at some, some of them are nice to have. Um, yeah. and, and I'll give a few examples, but, but not everything is, you know, if you don't, if you don't have, um, I don't know. 15% margins, you can't sell exactly. the business. Not entirely true. It depends on you know, how amazing you are and how innovative your, uh, your product is. And if you have patents, if you have this, this and that. Exactly. So um, everything is kind of out of context, but we try to give you uh, some numbers to, to work with so that you can make your own plan. Yeah. In fact, um, I totally agree because I think, of course, uh, the benchmark is is there as a guideline, but um, I like the fact that you bring to the table that it doesn't need to be a range that you need to get married to that number. And if you're not there, you know, you need to be all stressed because I guess it depends on your face, on the face of the business. Again, I guess, and, and this will be a question for you, like if you're getting started the, fir- the first initial six months to 12 months, most likely you're not going to land on any of the average KPIs because you're going on aggressive and scale mode, right? So I guess that that's also like um, a question, like how will you say this benchmark reflects in terms of the timeline? Is when this for more a more mature business? It's after two, three yes. years. Like what is the timeline you're looking at? Yeah, It's, mm-hmm. it's for a more mature business. Uh, yeah. You know, usually when they get to us, they're, they want to exit. They're about to exit. Exactly. Um, so, so, so that's where we look at it. And, and we, we ask ourselves is, you know, if I'm a buyer, um, if I acquired this business, would I like it or not? And I have to say that some, you know, some disadvantage could be an advantage in the hands of, of, of certain mm. people. So just to give you an example, if uh, your ACOS is really bad um, and, and, and the buyers look at the business and understand that you're actually not doing a good job, exactly. um, yeah. Yeah, this is where they could optimize it easily. And these are quick wins in their hands. Is it generally the, the case? No. In most cases, buyers want an optimized <laughs> business, in, in, especially when it comes to advertising. But there are exceptions. Um, so, you know, you haven't launched in, uh, EU, that's a shame exactly. because you, 
you know, you're losing money, but then the buyer will do so. Uh, so, um, so it's kind of, uh, you know, everything needs to be in context. And I think um, it's a good start for a conversation, at least uh, to, to, you know, to, to understand what, what you should do during that time. And I'm happy, by the way, to speak with anyone who, who wants to consult. Awesome. That's very good. And, and just to um, dive a little bit just deeper when it comes to these um, benchmarks, like I know there's a lot of them, like we're talking cost of goods, the acres, repeat customer, product start rating and, 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 thing, and cost of goods and so on. So my question for you would be, I know they are all very important because they all make huge contribution towards designing how valuable your business is and then therefore potentially getting an offer on your business. However, lately with all the market shift you've been seeing, are there like must have KPIs that are non-negotiable? Because I know some of them are negotiable because they can be seen as an opportunity, like something you're not doing right that I can fix on top of that. But what is like a KPI within this benchmark that you say, yeah, that's a no, no. If you're not there, like it can be well, negotiable, yeah? yeah. It's a good question. Uh, I'd say generally, first of all, if we're talking about Amazon businesses, um, yeah. that if you're an Amazon only business and you have no profit or your profit is, you know, mm. 5%, the chances this that I'm... you're selling these yeah. days in December, 2023 <laughs> are not high. Um, yeah. By the way, I don't. It's not necessarily the case for you know some of the D two C businesses that we represent. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. Some more innovative businesses where uh, they would be interested by your technology, your uh, your designs. Um, so so not necessarily for all businesses. But if you're let's say a lookalike um, FBA business, um, a you know selling something that already exists. Um, and you have no or very low profit, this is probably the one that uh, will, will uh, break the deal. Other than that, most most metrics are not um, not absolute. They, they don't you know they don't rule out uh, a sale if the other metrics are are okay. Awesome. Uh, now I'm sure when people start downloading the tool and start basically <clears throat> interacting with it, they're gonna find within the report that you have different tiers. You basically have the low, mother, mother, a uh, moderate low, fair, high, and um, yeah. moderate high and high. So basically, my question to you, because I'm sure people are gonna have this question, is like where most business based on your experience they la they land? Where they say they land on fair? Yeah. Yeah. Usually, an average. You what do you say? Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously most of them are in the fair, uh, fair versus fair to high if high is the yep. best and fair to low if low is the best. Like, for example, for in ACOS, you want a low ACOS, right? So, uh, exactly. so most of them would be on the moderately uh, low mm -hmm. for ACOS mm -hmm. uh, or fair, kind of in the middle, slightly better. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but listen, in, uh, you know, in, in, in this market, those that are um, selling at high multiples, those that have a lot of interest are obviously those that excel uh, in the. So, you know, if, if you look at the, the, you know, the 2025, I think businesses that are currently uh, in the market uh, at Fortunate, you would see the, 
the those that are excelling those that yeah. are the ones that have everything up. green everything green 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 yeah green. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah you'll see a lot of uh, green there <laughs> if you look at our our uh, benchmark um and mm -hmm. and that's why you know we're able to sell them because they um you know they're outstanding in in their category uh, of course, you cannot, like I said, uh, outstanding everything. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that's just what you would see at Fortunate these days. Um, generally speaking, of course, if you're outside of Fortunate, those selling the large one, the most uh, uh, you know excellent businesses. If you're going generally broadly, you would see the the, the medium, the fair, or you know mm -hmm. the kind of exactly. that, that would be the range. We, we see many businesses every day, uh, not necessarily those that are going to sell now. So we took that into consideration as well. Awesome. Um, now, when it comes to um, <clears throat> multiples and how this gets, gets attached to the, the benchmark, um, how you also have seen this shifting with everything going on? Because I remember like two years ago in 2021, multiples were like crazy high and that was also one of the reasons some of these aggregators had a, a struggle because they were paying more than mathematically they could make back uh, when it comes to leveraging the business right so now we're seeing having a consolidation when it comes to multiples but i'm still hearing if you have a business that everything is green 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 as i already say you still can get very high multiples so yeah. what what are you seeing like what are those ranges based on your experience right now yeah yeah so what's interesting now is that the range is higher uh there okay. it's more extreme so for example if you're talking about uh you know um, a small uh fba business fba only not really growing a lot um you know you would see in the three to four not more than that um if you're looking about uh, looking at a, a large excellent maybe multi-channel uh, okay. business uh, in a unique uh, unique niche or unique product. Um, you know, in, in some cases, we see multiples on the revenue. Um, wow. So it's, it's, you know, I can go to three on, on the profit to, to, to three on sales. Um, the, the range is, is crazy, uh, but it's also because there's a difference between a 5 million business and a hundred million business, you know, so yeah. um, it's very hard. It's very hard to 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 talk about a range. It kind of depends which businesses you're talking about. Um, the, the, the those that most of the businesses that we deal with that are at the you know 30, 40 million uh, businesses, fifty million. These businesses get high multiples, and they they would not sell for for low multiples. Um, so huge range. Uh, I think that back in 2021, if you stayed in the FBA only, exactly, um, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. you would get four to seven or four mm -hmm. to eight. Um, now it's just that many of them do not go to market and those who go expect high multiples. I hope I yeah. answered the question. It's such yeah, a, yeah. Totally. Such totally. a yeah, I think basically the, the conclusion is that now we are going into a space an era where it's not only about what you do in FBA, but how you perform out of the FBA bubble. Like if you're multi-channel, if you have yep. a community, if you know you're in a category that is unique or you have a patented product, things like that. Because I agree, like two years ago, 
you could be selling a water bottle and and was FBA yeah. like without a lot of branding, you're getting four or five times multiple, which was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. So. No, I agree. There's a huge difference between again between a multi-channel yeah. Uh, large brand that has technology or, or innovations that sells in in twenty countries, and 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 an FBA business of of two million huge difference. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. the the multiples may be good for for that business, and it doesn't take long to uh, you know in time to to get to the to three million compared to the the other types of businesses. Usually, awesome. these are more established brands of of many years. Awesome. Uh, and just a quick question on this, because I'm sure uh, this um, could be a question that a lot of people could relate to. Like when it comes to exit, we say uh, specifically on the multi-channel, because I get this question a lot. When it comes to exit, why you see is usually the best strategy, like selling this as an opportunity that can be made, or sometimes giving it a try, but if you give a try, it could happen that doesn't work out. And then you go to market and you showcase that you tried it and work out. Like, will you say for most people it makes sense to sell it as an opportunity or, or to go for it? What is your, your yeah? yeah you mean like if I start selling on uh, on on another channel and and I fail, then then and I you fail and then this and then the buyers say, Oh, you try Walmart yeah. and now instead yeah. of seeing yeah. as an opportunity, you well, you show that it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Right, you touched exactly the the, the relevant point. I think, uh, and, and that we see that sometimes on retail. So a lot of the sellers say, "Yeah, I, you know, I haven't even started going to retail. That's a huge opportunity." But sometimes when they try, they they don't necessarily succeed. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, same for Shopify. Some sellers try and and mm -hmm. and fail. Um, I I think that uh, if you're going to sell in another channel. You really need to know what you're doing, um, exactly. and 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 take the most professional people you can to uh, to expand there because it's better. Like you said, you actually touched exactly on that point. It's better that you don't do it and that you focus only on Amazon um, if you don't know how to do it because then you ruin the 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 potential. The surprise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah. And now, finally, um, these reports uh, and the tool itself, like to understand how your business perform and everything, like, do you have some advice about in terms of actionable steps, how a seller could use this? So what I mean by this is like, a, what is the pr most practical exercise, like using the tool to understand where you where you are within the range and optimize it based on that? And if so, which KPIs to look first, just so we can start concluding on that, like, how would you say a, a seller can use the tool? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the best way to do it, I think, is go. There aren't so many uh, metrics. Yeah. I would go one by one, see where you stand, and and kind of uh, you know mark to yourself what you should focus on in the in the next year. Uh, we do include suggestions of you know uh, out of the box things that you can look at outside of what you're already doing and what you should probably do to you know to improve your A costs and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously, you can't you can't teach uh, the yeah, PPC in a in yeah. a paper, but but when you know what to focus on, then at least you can put your resources uh, there. Um, so I think the best way to, to use the tool is to to understand where you stand, um, uh, locate where you have problems, uh, mm -hmm. and 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 see how you can improve, it. and then. Um, and then either speak with us, we'll guide you. You know, sometimes there are 
there are things that stand out immediately and that we can tell you, you know, that that's a problem. That's what you should do. Sometimes we have, you know, we could connect you to, to specific professionals that can help you with that. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, exactly what to do. You just haven't done it. Exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> and that's often the case with, you know, with the outstanding people that we speak with. It's often yeah. the case. It's just a matter of sure. focus. Awesome. Thank you so much, Yael. I mean, it's been a pleasure to have you here on the show today. Um, of course, I want you to use the last minute or so, so you can tell us how people can reach out to you, to your team. Uh, of course, when it comes to the benchmark tool, I'm going to put the details down in the description. But let's say somebody wants to, you know, talk about exiting their business or maybe with your oil company, can really to uh, look more on the legal side. Like, can you tell us how people can reach out to you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you want to talk generally about exiting or uh, even talk about the, the tool, the benchmark, uh, mm -hmm. what can be done and kind of think with us, uh, feel free to reach out. My email is yael at fortunet.net uh, or you can uh, reach out through the website. The tool can be found uh, on the website and we'll, uh, we'll share it here. Uh, I, I think some of the metrics there are, uh, are known. Some of them are quite surprising. Before we started Fortunate, um, some of the things that we, uh, we, you know, we imagined uh, were, were far from being, being true. Many of them are, of course, uh, they make sense if you run any business, not just exactly. an Amazon business. Um, so many of them will make sense to you. It's just an easy way to, to plan your year ahead. And, and I think planning is key when, when you're talking about an exit. Um, if you want to exit in a year, um, start planning now, start, start preparing, start the conversations even to, to kind of focus you on the, on, on what needs to be done. Yeah, I think I think that's the beauty of this tool that you have now something to aim towards because without a tool such as this, you don't really know how to track you're going in the right direction. But now if you know, let's say you're moderate high or you're fair on certain of these KPIs and you need to improve it, like you know which direction to take, right? And guessing and and just having a conversation on yeah. a Facebook group and hoping that's the KPI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 I have a sixty percent acres. Uh, is, yeah. it, is it not good? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, and you're gonna get yeah. all, all type of responses. So very yeah. good. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here on the show, and and looking forward to meet you soon at some of the upcoming events. Yeah, it's been a Thank pleasure. Thank you. See you soon. Say bye. bye. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.com.